Well, hey, we're launching a new year and a new series. And the series is called Grow Up. And we're going to be talking about uh, how to grow uh, in life. We're going to be talking about growing our mind and our emotions and our money and our body. Well, maybe not growing our bodies, but growing more fit in our bodies. And we're talking today about growing our spirits. Our text for this series is in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. It's not on your notes. By the way, I hope you have notes. This is going to be a full meal. It's not going to be long, but it's going to be a big meal. It's going to be more than you're going to want to eat. You're going to want a doggy bag to take home and enjoy the leftovers. And uh, the leftovers are going to be on your outline. So if you don't have one of those, you'll want one. Ushers uh, are ready to hand those out right now. But our text for this series of the next few weeks is 1 Thessalonians 5.23. Listen to it. It says, May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless till the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Notice spirit, soul, and body. I love how the message renders it. It says, may God himself, the God who makes everything holy and whole, make you holy and whole spirit, soul, and body, and keep you fit for the coming of our master, Jesus Christ. So today we're going to explore the first of those three parts of how God made you. We're going to talk about growing our spirits. We're going to do three things. We're going to look at what God says about that in the Bible. I'm going to share a tool that's been very helpful for me in my uh, spiritual development. And then we're going to take a look at a practice that some of you are engaged in, and we encourage all of you to consider in your spiritual growth this year. So let's dive right in to the Bible. We always want to start at this place of saying, what does God say about that? And he certainly has a lot on his mind about growing spiritually. And by the way, can I just kind of relieve you here on the 3rd of January? We're not going to be talking about New Year's resolutions. Uh, maybe some of you are old and jaded like me, and you don't do that anymore. And uh, you'll enjoy the the uh, comic strip that I saw this week, there were two guys talking and one of them says to the other one, my new year's resolution is to stop smoking. The second guy says, you don't smoke. The first guy responds, I'm keeping the bar really low this year. So if you do make a resolution, please keep the bar really low. Okay. But we're talking about real changes that you can make that will make a real difference. The most important decision you make this year could be how you use your time. What does God think about your use of time? Well, a lot. And in the Bible, he says this. In Ephesians, and notice at the very top of your outline, this verse, it says, Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Yeah. Well, I think God's pretty clear. He wants us to optimize our time. He wants us to be wise and not foolish. And that all starts by knowing what he wants. So what does God want for you in 2016? He wants you to know what he wants. And then he wants you to align your time toward those purposes. So today we're going to take a look, well, what does it look like for us to use our time in a way that might increase our spiritual growth? God certainly wants that for you. My guess is that you want that, otherwise you wouldn't be here today. 
And my hunch is that as I read three different passages right out of Paul's epistles where the Holy Spirit inspired Paul to write these words to us about growing spiritually, some of you are going to be surprised. You're going to be surprised because you've, you've thought or you've heard about some other ways to grow and it might be kind of interesting to see what does not make the top three list. For example, some of you have heard that fasting, given going without food and praying for a period of time can enhance your spiritual sensitivity and growth. I happen to agree with that. For about 20 years or so, Anne and I had a practice of fasting a day a week. So if you add that up, that's several hundred days of fasting. And I've done three-day fasts and five-day fasts and seven-day fasts and a couple 30-day fasts and more than one 40-day fasts. And some of you this year may feel led to fast, and, and I'm glad that I did. But fasting doesn't make the list. By the way, if you feel led to fast for a day or two, please do. If you feel led to fast for 40 days, please talk to me first. Hmm? You want to talk with someone who's had some experience in doing that? I might have a couple of questions that I would ask. But some of you, secondly, would say, you know, I bet the key to spiritual vitality is praying in the Spirit. Those of you that are gifted with spiritual prayer language called speaking in tongues may say, and that could, could be a very helpful tool. In fact, one year, one of my resolutions was to pray in the Spirit a minimum of 30 minutes a day. And I did that for that year. Think it was helpful? Yeah, it probably was. doesn't make the top three. It's all interesting to see how many spiritual practices don't make the top three in terms of what God wants all of us to share together in spiritual growth and vitality. And I will say this, God's truth is usually simple. It's often not easy, but it's usually simple. And today I think you're going to discover that with me. On your outline, I've uh, constructed them in kind of an awkward way, so let me tell you what's here. I'm first of all going to read a verse or a couple of verses and then follow that with the point. So for example, the first of the three passages we're going to read is Ephesians 4, verse 15. Notice it with me. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow up to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is, Christ Jesus. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Now, just below that on the outline, you'll see number one, and that's that's attached now to this first scripture. Spiritual maturity is growing in love as you do your part. Huh. Interesting. We love around here the book that has the title, Love Does. We love the phrase, love is a verb. Here at Evergreen, we often say, love sweats, because love is active. And isn't it interesting that the first thing in this discovery today about how you can grow spiritually is to know and do your part. And it comes out of this interesting metaphor. Now, I'm a kind of a warped and twisted person. I uh, apologize for that. I try to do better. I haven't grown very much, so you're just going to have to suffer with me through this mental picture that comes to mind. But in this metaphor of this body, there's this head who's Jesus. And how many of you would agree with me that he's probably fairly mature, spiritually mature? 
He's got a handle on that. Yeah, four of you agree with me. I appreciate that. The rest of you really need to listen carefully to everything else I have to say today. So Jesus is one good-looking spiritual head here. He has got his spiritual act together. He doesn't need to grow any more spiritually. We all agree to that, right? Now, he's attached to a body. I envision and imagine his body as one sick mess. This is a bad dude he's hooked up with here. It's kind of skinny and wimpy and dragging, you know, body parts around that are barely attached. And it's uncoordinated and it's sick. And it's just a mess. And folks, that's me. And you. I'm dragging you into this horrible story. I am, yeah. So here's this body with a beautiful head, total maturity. And then there's the rest of us. And here's the good news. As sick and weak and immature as we might be, God has destined us together to become a perfect complement to the head, Jesus Christ. And here's the deal. We are growing in 2016 to be more like the head until we grow, I'm quoting, into the fullness of Christ who is the head of the church. You can take a good look at Jesus and say, he's one good-looking, spiritually mature leader, and I'm becoming like that as well. That's the good news for you. But here's the trick that they kind of throw in here. Here's the deal. Some of you have heard people say, you know, I'm not much into organized religion. By the way, for what it's worth, I'm not either. But then this is what they go on to say. I feel closest to God when I'm just out one-on-one with God in nature. Any of you hear that? Most of you have heard it because I've said it. Because I feel close to God when I'm one-on-one out in nature. I do. In fact, sometimes I really feel connected with God here. But here's the deal for all of us. I'm not going to grow very much all by myself out in nature with God. Notice what it says here. How do we grow? We grow in community. In other words, as goofed up as I might be, you actually need me to grow this year. And as sideways as you might be, I need you rubbing shoulders with me to grow this year. Because the head is perfect, Jesus. The body is not. But we grow up in love and maturity into the likeness of Christ as each one does its part. Path to spiritual maturity this year. Number one, do your part. You've got a job to do. Second, notice the verse with me in Colossians 1. Live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in, would you say the phrase with me? The knowledge of God. Growing in the knowledge of God. So let me ask, and I'm actually going to ask you to respond out loud, boldly, and loud. How do you get to know someone better? Give me a word or a phrase. Spend time with them. Ooh, that was a beautiful duet right there. (laughs) Wonderful. Linda and Michelle. Okay. Uh, I can see you guys are going to be spending some time together this year. Okay. How do you get to know people? Pardon? Communicate. Communicate. Thank you. Work together on a project. Pay attention. Pay attention. I like how you said that too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, praise them. Oh, pray for them. Yeah. So what I'm hearing, by the way, there are only five right answers and you got them all today. So well done. Well done. 
So what I'm hearing is it takes time and it takes attention. So did we hear that Jared and Ellie Faye have gotten engaged? Is that what we have heard? And are the two of you right here? You are very close. You must be the engaged couple right here. Is that awesome or what? And I, yeah, give them a hand. Yeah. So I have lots of questions for you too. I want to know how you met. I want to know how that was set up. I want to know what you thought about each other when you left meeting the first time. I want to, rem- I want to hear about what the first date was. I want to hear about why you guys decided you liked each other. I want, you- I want to hear about who thought they liked the other one better than the other one did first. I want to hear about how the, the, you know, the uh, proposal happened. I want to hear how long you took before you said yes. I want to hear what your plans are this- I want- while you're engaged. And here's the deal. Just, what-, what am I going to hear from this couple? I'm going to hear about time and communication, right? Because that's how we get to know each other better. So there's no secret this year if you're going to grow in the knowledge of God, is there? You're going to spend time and you're going to communicate. And at the end of the talk today, I want to give you a helpful tool, one of my practices in how to do that. Third part of growing that we're going to discover. It's 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, uh, verse 3, and it says this. We ought... To thank God for you, brothers and sisters, and rightly so, because your faith is growing more and more, and the love all of you have for one another is increasing. So, third way to grow spiritually is growing in faith in God and love for others. Faith means believing in someone to fulfill their promise to you, in this case, God. Love means putting the interests of others above our own. And that means loving people. Spiritual maturity is growing in faith and in love. So let me summarize the first third of this talk today. We've learned these things, three things about growing spiritually this year. Number one, do your part. We need you and you need to do your part. Second, growing in knowing God better. And third, grow in faith and love. Ask yourself the question, how would my life be better this year if I grew in those three areas? Hmm. Before I move on to a tool that's been very helpful for me, uh, let me tell you a story about my growing up years. And this just makes me smile. First of all, I have to tell you, I grew up in a wonderful home. It was a home that was filled with love and care and following God. And I am just blessed incredibly to be a part of several generations of people who have loved and known God. And uh, our home was uh, a couple of generations of that. So I grew up in a wonderful home. But we lived in a really goofy house. Mm, Great home, goofy house. Because there was a farmer uh, who originally had grand dreams about building a, a farmhouse. And he first of all built the garage. And then he moved into the garage. And he didn't get anything done but the garage. And so it was a garage that had a few rooms in it. And and he decided to sell. And my parents were young and poor and had a couple of little kids. And so they bought the the farm with a garage house. And they had great dreams about building the farmhouse. But then my parents had a third kid. And then eventually I came along and And they never did get the house built. They just kept on doing stuff to the garage. And so here's what they did. There was a new kid, and then they'd build on a lean-to, right? 
So by the time I came around, it was this garage that had lean-tos going off three directions from it. So you go in the front door, and it's this garage with lean-tos. Now, a wonderful home, but it was a goofy house. But I didn't know how goofy until Ann and I bought that place from my parents. We bought it so that they'd be financially able to go move into the Mennonite village, a retirement community in Albany. And uh, they weren't quite ready to go, but we said, live here as long as you want to. And when you're ready to move into the Mennonite village, you can go. And so we wanted the deal to be fair. And so we wanted it to be fair for my parents, fair for us, fair for my siblings. And so we hired a professional appraiser to come appraise the farm. And I got the appraisal, and I was looking at it, and there was a land value. And I thought, yeah, that's what I thought the land was probably worth. And then there was a value for the buildings. The value for the buildings was a negative number. (laughs) Hmm? Yeah. So I went to Ms. Uh, Ness, Mary Ness. I went to Ms. Ness, and I said, there's a mistake here on the appraisal. She said, well, tell me. And I said, well, the land value is positive, and the buildings, the improvements, they're called improvements, folks, has a negative value. She says, no, there's no mistake. Those buildings are worth less than nothing. In the literal sense. They are a liability for anybody that would buy this. They would have to pay money to have these improvements taken away. (laughs) I grew up in a wonderful home, but it was sure a goofy house. Now, here's the point. I chat with people from time to time that sincerely are building a goofy life. And this is how they do it. They roll around at the end of a year. They do a little reflection and they think about the next year and they come up with a resolution. And the resolution has a lot to do with an influential friend or a new faddish idea or a book that they have read or some other kind of crazy deal. And they say, this is going to be my magic bullet in life. And they add a lean-to on their house. And at the end of the time, they have created a structure of a life that just has a lot of unattached lean-tos on it. The Bible is very clear that God wants for you to grow up in him. And we start with the basis of God's word in the Bible to tell us the foundation that he wants us to lay. And if you build now a life on the foundation of doing your part, of knowing God better, and of growing in faith and love, you'll be building and crafting a life that, as Paul wrote to the church at Colossae, honors him and is fruitful in everything that you do. Do and know and grow. Second part of the talk. Some of you are familiar with this tool. It actually came from England in the early 1950s or something. I wasn't even around for that. But the history is not important, but the effectiveness of it is. And it's an acronym and it's GROW. G-R-O-W. And Ann and I have found this very helpful in our lives personally and together as a family. And as we've talked with people over the years, we found that it can be a very helpful way for us to think about steps that we're going to take forward. So let's take just a minute to talk about that tool. GROW stands for goal, reality, options, and will. This last week, uh, we got to be in the desert. And uh, I know it just sounds gloating for some of you that were here and it was wet. But we got to uh, go hang out and uh, rent a Harley. And the only thing wrong with this picture is that you do not get to see Anne's brand new Harley Davidson boots. But I think I've talked her into her uh, 
wearing them here at Evergreen some week. So how many of you would like to see Anne's Harley-Davidson boots? It's a vast, overwhelming majority, Anne, and I'm sure it could be next week. Yeah, yeah, could be, yeah. So we were in Phoenix, and we wanted to take a long ride for a day, and and so we, uh, we knew that part of that trip, we wanted to go to a town called Wickenburg, which has a wonderful history of mining and uh, 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 ranching. And there's a restaurant there we wanted to have lunch at called Nana's Cafe. And so we knew where we wanted to go. We wanted to take a Harley ride. We wanted to go there. We secondly knew where we were. We were in Phoenix. And relative to the ride, we were several hours away. And then we asked the question about options, which is the third part of GROW. And I actually have a book or two about uh, motorcycle rides in the Southwest, if you can imagine that. And we were online and we were looking for recommended rides and we were you know, reading about those routes and how long it took. And, and eventually it was time for us to take all of those options and to make a decision about what will we do. And we made a decision about the route we were going to take primarily based on two criteria. Number one, the windiest road. And number two, the warmest elevation. <laughs> yeah. So when you think about grow, think about how you would prepare to take a trip. You know where the destination is. That's the goal. You know where you are now. That is the current reality. You know what the options are, and you think about different routes to get there. Those are the options for O. And then the commitment you're going to make, it's the will. What will you do? Which of those am I going to choose moving forward? Let's take just a moment to unpack these and apply them to how you might grow spiritually this year. The first, establish the goal. Decide where God is calling you to grow this year. And I encourage you to use a formula called SMART goals. Many of you are familiar with it. It's another acumen. Uh, uh, it's another, what are those called? Thank you very much. Yeah, help me out today. Yeah, SMART goal. S- specific, measurable, realistic, achievable. Did I mix those two? Yeah. You got it. I'm dyslexic. That's okay. Help me out here. And time-bounded. So there we go. So let me give you an example. Maybe you want to grow this year in doing your part. Hmm. Now, doing your part may be in your home. It may be in your community with neighbors. It may be where you work. It may be where you go to school. It may be here at Evergreen. Let me illustrate with a potential smart goal for doing your part at Evergreen. I'm going to read it. To complete a volunteer application online, talk with two leaders about possible roles, experiment one month each for two different roles, and then commit to one of those for the rest of 2016. Is that a smart goal? Specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, and time-bounded. Sure. So, knowing the goal. On the handout, I've provided several questions that you can ask yourself for each of those. I'm not going to read them. Those are there for your benefit, but they'll help you this week as you think through some of your own uh, goals. And by the way, some of your goals for how to do your part may come from an invitation that someone gives you. I may have told this story. It's worth a retell if you've heard it before. I was in the eighth grade minding my own business pretty much in our church, which is a relatively small rural church, but it had a really large youth group. And I was really excited about getting to go to ninth grade, go to high school because I got to be a part of the youth group. So early in my eighth grade year, my uh, youth master came and he said, Jared, next year when you're in youth group, I want you to lead worship with your guitar. And I said, great. I don't have a guitar. 
I don't play the guitar. And he said, I know. That's why we're having the conversation now. Yeah. Yeah. So for 10 bucks, I bought a guitar. I taught myself that year how to play. And when I was a freshman, I was the worship leader of my youth group. And I did that for four years. Now, here's the point. Sometimes you have an opportunity to serve and you say, I don't know how to do that. You disqualify because I don't think I would like that. You disqualify it because I've never thought of that before. Why I'm saying that it may be this year, your growth point may be an invitation that comes your way that actually is an invitation from God through someone else that says, I want you to think about this in advance. Now, that sets me up well for the R, which is the current reality, right? Because I said to the youth pastor, his name was Paul. I said, Paul, I don't have a guitar and I don't know how to play the guitar. That's the current reality. And that's when he said, good for you to know that because you only have a year to get from the current reality to the skill set of being able to lead worship together. So many people fail in moving forward toward their goals because they don't do an assessment of where they are. What's the current reality? Maybe your goal is to know God more in 2016. What's the current reality? Maybe you don't have a relationship with God yet. And today's your starting point for that. And today you're here to say, God, I'm open to you. And I confess that I've gone my own way, that I've sinned. I receive your forgiveness for my sin. Linda and I were talking before the service. The beauty of the snow out there when you drive home, if you're slipping and sliding around like we are in a rear-wheel drive car, the beauty, I love that, Linda. That's just exactly the way God looks at us in our sin. He has washed us whiter than snow. Is that amazing? Where was I on that? That distracted me. I like that a lot. Something about the snow. I don't know what it was, but but here it is. Oh, I know where I am. (laughs) So in your relationship with God, today you're saying, God, I want to be as white as snow before you. I receive your forgiveness. That's your starting point today. You'll pick up one of the fresh packets, which is our gift to you on your way out, which gives you some next steps and some starting points. Maybe getting to know God better for you this year means that you're going to get to know the Bible better. And so your goals are going to be about how you're going to do some studying of the Bible or how you're going to read it in different ways or how you're going to join a Bible study group or how you're going to partner up with another friend as an accountability partner. And the two of you are going to move forward and participate. Or maybe your growth this year with God is to grow more in your relationship with the Holy Spirit. Maybe it's to participate with other people. You've kind of been singing a solo with God and it's time for you to become a part of an ensemble in a group with God. Regardless of those goals, you identify your current reality. You can ask the questions that are there, which is what's happening now and what's going to be the effect of the result of this if I don't change and what can I do to move forward, which takes us to the third. Ah, I love the options. There's usually several possible ways to get there. Let me illustrate. Let's imagine that your goal this year is to grow in your faith with God, or to grow in your love for others. What might that look like? Well, an approach that you could take to grow in your faith could be to regularly study the Bible, be a part of a study group, to partner with someone, and your commitment is every week you're going to talk about a difficult time you had, the doubts you had about God's love and care and presence, and how you move through those doubts and came to a place of stronger faith. You think that might be helpful for you this year? Or maybe in your goal to love others. Who specifically would you like to love more and better? Is it someone in your home? Is it 
a colleague? Is it a classmate? Is it a neighbor? Who specifically do you want to grow in love toward this year? And how could you take a 2016 calendar and your budget and actually carve out resources and time to help you engage in growing forward with specific acts of friendship or kindness in your schedule? There's some questions there that you might uh, ask. It's great to have options, isn't it? And there's usually more than one way to get there. Uh, One of the things Ann and I like to do when we uh, take a week off is we do some hiking. And by the way, did you know that uh, I'm married to a really remarkable person? Did you know that? Yeah, you do. And you should congratulate me for having the good sense to pick her. That's what you should, should do. No, no, no. What you don't know about Ann is how we hike together. We, uh, we choose where we're going to go, and then we go on the hike, and then Anne gets further and further ahead of me, and I hear less and less of what she has to say until I catch up. And can I tell him the story about this hike a couple of days ago? Yeah, that was a non-enthusiastic yes, but it was enough. It was enough. So I'm following Anne uh, up the hill, of course, and I'm thinking to myself as we get to the top of Sunrise Peak... Uh, this is a bit of a scramble to the top. I mean, I, I am definitely having some cardiac uh, experiences here. And Anne is up and she's climbing up and she's leading the way. And this is what Anne says. My body likes going uphill a lot more than it likes going downhill. That's what she said as we're scrambling up the peak. And I thought to myself, I'm the perfect compliment for you. Because my body likes going downhill a lot better than it likes going uphill. So, so what did we do? Well, we knew we were going to take a hike, and we knew the general vicinity, and we have our wonderful map of trails here, and we knew we wanted to go up Sunrise Peak, and we looked at it, and we saw that there were four different trailheads that we could go, and once we picked our trailhead, there were several different routes that we could go, and eventually we chose from among the options, and we said, that's the way we're going to go, which takes us to number four, which is the W, which is the what will you do. This is where we make the conviction now. Regardless of what comes, regardless of the obstacles we may encounter, this is where we're going to go. This is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to put in the calendar. This is what's going to show up in my budget. I am going to move forward. This is what I will do. Grow. Our goal, our current reality, our options, and it's our will. Well, the third and final part of the talk is just I'd love to share a practice that I've been involved in for many years and many of you uh, at Evergreen do as well. If you have used soap in the past, I encourage you to freshen it up this year and do some fresh things so that you're not in a routine. If you haven't used soap as a devotional model, uh, I encourage you to consider that this year. Uh, Some of you would like to get a soap journal and start the new year. I think that they're out at Info Central for five bucks or so. Some of you, like me, might prefer to do that online. But here at Evergreen, we have what we call the Evergreen Way, and it's four Gs. God, gather, group, give. And personal devotional time, an appointment with God every day, has to do with the God piece of that. And uh, that one-on-one time with God, for me, uh, has been potentially the most important thing that I've done across the years to grow spiritually with him. SOAP stands for Scripture, Observation, Application, and Prayer. And it works really simply this way. You just, you read the Scripture, you read the Bible, and I encourage you to use a Bible reading plan of some sort. 
Um, I found a couple of sources are very helpful. One is uversion.com. That's y-o-u-version.com. Another one is biblegateway.com. This year, I've chosen to use a Bible reading plan from Bible Gateway, and it has kind of a cool feature. Every day, it emails me the portion of Scripture that I'm going to read. So I got up this morning, and I fired up the email, and there it was. I got to read about Noah, and then I got to read about John the Baptist. There it was, making it pretty easy for myself. And then I use a template, uh, which takes me through SOAP. And SOAP simply asks you to identify and type and write out the Scripture verse or verses that particularly struck you, that came across your mind, that stood out to you, that you feel like the Holy Spirit might have emphasized for you. Observation, you write out your phrase or your sentence or two or five pages if you are a long writer about observations that the Holy Spirit is bringing to mind for you. Application, how you can apply it today because we don't want to be just listeners of the Word. We want to be doers of it. And then we have to pray at the end. We pray for God's wisdom and Living that out, and we pray for the fresh fullness of His Holy Spirit so that we'll have the power and the ability to live out God's Word in a way that is pleasing to Him. Now, we started this talk today by reading from Paul's words to the church at Ephesus about how we use time. And he said, I want you to be wise and not unwise by making the most of every opportunity. Do you remember the why he gave us to make the most of every opportunity? Because the days are evil. That's what he says. They're evil days. Did you know that tomorrow is Monday? And it's an evil day. It is an evil day. Yep, it is. And you know that Monday has already conspired against you. Monday is planning to do everything it can to keep you from doing your part. It's going to want to help you to sleep in and to be grumpy and to be selfish and to be inward and not to think about how to contribute to others and how to be faithful. It's going to want to conspire with you to be a slacker and to get out of commitments that you've made. Monday is an evil day. You know that. Did you know that Tuesday is even worse? Tuesday this this week is an evil day. And God wants you to be wise instead of foolish because Tuesday is evil. And Tuesday is evil because it does not want you to know God better. It does not want you to spend time in Scripture, not want you to spend time listening to the voice of His Spirit, does not want you to spend time engaged with others. It wants you to avoid getting to know God better because Tuesday is evil. And Wednesday is even worse this week. Count on it. Wednesday is has decided that it will do everything it can for you to doubt God rather than for you to grow forward. It already has plans for you when unforeseen things come. And that doubt comes of, if God loved me, how did he let that happen? And Wednesday has conspired against you to drive you toward doubt instead of toward faith. And it's not going to get worse, folks. Thursday is coming. Thursday is right in there with it. Thursday does not want you to love anybody better. In fact, Thursday wants you to be selfish and inward and snippy. That's what Thursday wants for you to do. It's not going to have any help from Thursday for you to love other people better. No. Don't be foolish. Be wise. Make the most of every opportunity. Why? Because the days are evil. We live in a broken planet that conspires against your spiritual growth and develop and vitality. 
And God says to you, I want to give you a clear pathway forward through the middle of your own smallness and the middle of the darkness darkness of this planet. And I want you to be successful in thriving and flourishing spiritually this week. And so let's summarize what we've learned today. First was a point of focus. To do, to know, and to grow. The second was a tool, grow. To form goals, identify the current reality, do research and find options, and then decide what will you do. And then third, a practice. Scripture, observation, application, and prayer to help us get to know God and his word better. Hmm. I've made some updates to my plans for 2016. I call the template of life that I use the good life. And it's a way that I've structured my life around goals and plans and relationships and and uh, values. And many of you have probably done that kind of work as well. Every week in this series, Anne and I plan to recommend a book or two. If you're interested in how I've structured my life, it's called My Life on a Page. Here it is for 2016. And I read it every day to remind me of what's important for me. If you're interested in structuring and thinking about your life that way, a current book, which uh, some of you have read, uh, I went through with a group of you guys on Tuesday mornings called The Five Choices, The Path to Extraordinary Productivity, will be a book that will kind of helpful, uh, be helpful for you in thinking about that. So here's the deal. And here's where we're going to end. God wants you to grow like crazy spiritually this year. And I'm going to make, as our closing prayer today, words that Paul wrote to the church at Philippi in chapter 3, starting with verse 12. Listen as I read them first, and then we'll make them our prayer. (laughs) I'm not saying that I have all this together, that I have it made, but I'm well on my way. And I'm reaching out for Christ, who has so wondrously reached out for me. Friends, Uh, Don't get me wrong. By no means do I count myself an expert on all of this, but I've got my eye on the goal. Where God is beckoning us onward to Jesus, I'm off and running, and I'm not turning back. So let's keep focused on that goal, those of us who want everything God has for us. Is that your prayer this year? Let's pray together. God, thank you for making it simple. It's right in the Bible. You didn't make it easy. We absolutely need the power of your spirit. Today we ask for your fresh fullness. Lord, as we launch into a new year, we know that it's just a day on a calendar. We get that. But there's also something in us that just says, God, we really do want this year to be more than ever before. We want to know and do our part in ways that we haven't. We, we want to know you, God, in richer and fuller and deeper and more wonderful ways. This year, God, we want to believe you more. We want to stand in the face of doubts and press through those with amazing confidence in you. And God, we really do want to love. We want to love people more and more. Would you speak to each of us, Holy Spirit? Would you identify the customized version of this talk? 
that you have for each of us? Would you identify that place that you're beckoning us, that you're waving us forward to step into? And God, by your grace, would you help us this year grow spiritually like crazy to honor you and to be a blessing to others? That's our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you say amen?